Are we going to record or no? Is it really a podcast if I'm not munching on snacks? No, it's not a podcast. See? An integral part of me being a part of the podcast is me making unnecessary noise. No, it's because you're the star. The star gets to do whatever he wants. I'm the I'm the Antonio Brown of the podcast. Can we stop talking about Antonio Brown? <laughs> I am the Austin... Oh, no, let's not use that one. I am the Sidney Crosby of the podcast. Sidney? Yeah. Well, Sidney Crosby's nice and quiet, reserved. Not much people know what he does. I think it's like a P.K. Subban the podcast. I mean, if I want to really throw you under the bus, I'd say I'm the Thomas Shabbat of the podcast, but like, I think that's a little too harsh. I gotta give you some credit. Wait, I'm the Thomas Shabbat, or you're the Thomas Shabbat? I'm the Thomas Shabbat. You're whoever you want to be. You can be Brady to Chuck if you want, but let's be honest, that's a Stephen Pollock crap, plus Thomas Shabbat. And Brady to Chuck. Brady to Chuck? And would Colin you draft White. him on your fa- Would you draft Colin White on your fantasy team, Jeffrey? Uh, I'm not playing fantasy this year, so I can't tell you. Oh, would I'm you? The prep. Uh, would you? I mean, like, depends how many players that we have in our league. Are we having like how many forwards are, are in the in the in the on the team? In this hypothetical league, it's a hypothetical. It's how many forwards you want. Well, if there's nine forwards, uh, you don't go to a kid and be like, "Hey." Hey, you know the Tooth Fairy? Where does she keep all the teeth? You don't ruin the hypothetical like that. No, okay, I, I would. I, 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 I would draft. If there's nine forwards, yeah, I would draft Colin White. Are you sure about that one? Yeah, I mean, he's, like, I get there's, like, if it's a... How deep, how deep would you pick him? Probably closer to, like, well, I'm thinking, right? It's a 12-team league, nine forwards. What, that's like 108 forwards on divided by the 31 teams so that means he's at least a, like the top three or four forward on his team so that basically makes him a possibility to be picked in a 12 team league with nine forwards i don't know so is it sounds like he's like a he's like a late round pick though is he not yeah he'd probably be a probably he's probably gonna be like a bottom Two bottom three forward in my if in this hypothetical league that we just made up. You might even say he's a sleeper pick. Uh, I I don't know. I guess yeah, he can call a sleeper pick. I mean, like he's probably gonna be number one forward, like number one center on his team, right? Besides Brady Kachuk. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it depends on your definition of sleeper, I guess, right? So, what is a definition of a sleeper for you, Jeffrey? Um. A sleeper is someone who is very lazy and doesn't do anything at all. They just sleep all sleep, and don't do anything really. That's my definition for a sleeper. Uh, what about in our hypothetical fantasy league? Well, in our hypothetical fantasy league, a sleeper is you know someone people don't really know too much about, but um, has a good chance of you know. I guess you can say like breaking out. Well, that's like different. Like you have breakout players and like sleepers. So like. Breakouts are people who are on people's radars. Sleeper sleeper picks are like people who aren't on anyone's radars, basically. So, Kapo Kako, is he a breakout or is he a sleeper? I think if you're from New York, he's a breakout. 
Like, that's the thing. Like, ESPN, right? They put, what, Jack Hughes and Capocacco as a breakout candidates. But I'm like, they're breaking out from, like, their junior leagues. Like, I would assume, like, a breakout would be someone who's already played NHL games. But, you know, you know, I don't know. ESPN's a little bit weird with their fantasy hockey. I don't know why you're playing with them this year. Okay. What's wrong with ESPN? Let's hear it. I don't know. I'm not playing this year, so I don't really know. But when we were doing the prep for this, uh, it was just, there were some problems uh, along the way, I think, when we were doing the prep. So what are we adding prep for, Jeffrey? Well, because you wanted to do a fantasy hockey episode, so you... And with that, let's start the show proper. You're listening to the Bag of Pucks podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. Wow, Jeffrey, what a great transition we had there. Do you like our introduction? Uh, I think we need to work on the introductions a bit more, but, uh, you know, we'll go ahead this week. Next week, we'll do it better. We, you can't do the same one as last week, right? It's just... up, up, uh, da, 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 da. No, it's like you can't keep asking <laughs> from those last month that you're like, oh, who's the best player that ever wore? What do you say, 23? Is it 23, that? Which number we chose last time? That do you remember? But okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I see now the problem with so, your transitions is that now we don't remember what we we're talking about. So what is it? What is the fantasy episode about today, Jeffrey? That's what we we're talking about. Oh, no, that's up to you because you're the team that you're you're the person that's actually playing fantasy this year. But you know, I think for our listeners, um, we'll, we'll talk about some uh, sleepers, I guess that you know. People that you should keep in consideration when you're doing your fantasy drafts. Probably like this week, right? Because season starts next Wednesday. So, you know, people are kind of doing their game, their drafts done. Probably this weekend, I would assume. All right. Fine. We, I should probably give a bit of a, an introduction of why I need to do this. I am usually not the greatest at fantasy hockey. Then... I usually actually draft pretty well, but then I end up, I can't trade for my life. And uh, then I usually tank in the league. So usually I end up taking one super sleeper. And I think last year I took Pavel Zadina. I think that's who I took. Didn't start with the, with the big league club. Kind of wasted a pick there. So that's a thing. However, I've I know I I've had my I've had my hits, Jeffrey. Do you do you agree so? Well, I think the best part is that there's no there's no NHL player called Pavel Zadina. So I clearly not Pavel Zadina. I am probably whiffing on this. Pavel, fuck. On the Red Wings. You mean Philip Zadina? Philip Zadina. I am terrible at this, but yes, that's who I drafted, and then ended up him not starting. And just ruined it for me. Well, that's how you know it's a super sleeper where you don't even know your, the players' names, basically. Eh? I mean, there you go. Yeah. My super sleeper had three points last year in the NHL. So, like, get ready because the sleepers are um, coming. Well, okay. So, okay, you drafted Philip Zadina last year. How do you feel about picking rookies in fantasy drafts. Like, not not like dynasty leagues, but like, you know, these standard leagues. 
I've got my, there is... I've got my thoughts about it, but I want to hear yours because you, you've done a Philip Zadina job pick before. There is great value in doing that because when it goes well, it goes really well. Um, just because, you know, there is a bit more of a leeway for rookies and there is a bit more of a learning curve for rookies. However, when it doesn't go well, then you get Philip Zadina and getting three points. So I think it's a very high risk maneuver. Mm-hmm. But I think it's not a bad idea. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, it, it always depends on the size of your league, right? But I think when it comes down to it, as like a late, late round pick, yeah, it's not the worst thing in the world. No, that's for sure. I think like. Well, for me, I I don't think I've ever drafted a, like a rookie before or anyone that like hasn't ever played in the league or like has enough like because there's not enough data sometimes, right? Like you can't make projections, you know, ESPN and Yahoo and NHL, they make all these projections on these rookies, but I mean, especially for rookies who are like 18 like straight out of the draft, some of them don't make it, make it through those, those first nine games and get sent back to their junior clubs, right? So that the team doesn't have to kind of like slide their contract. So I'm like, I don't want to waste a pick on a... I get like a late round pick, but I never like to give a pick just because you can end up wasting a pick for a guy who plays nine games for you and then he's gone. So uh, that that's just my personal preference. That's why I'm kind of like, if I'm going into this draft, I mean, I I would rather let someone else take like, take a chance on like Jack Hughes or Capocaco or I mean, I think some people are, I don't you know I don't think Bowen Bowen Byram's probably not going to make the team, but Bowen Byram's already been sent down, man. Yeah, right. Like, and he's ranked what like like there's going to be the problem is that and then there's also teams where if like if they auto draft like there's some some people auto draft they're going to end up with like a Bowen Byram on their team. Because and that's really their high. fault, okay? That, that's on them. I have no sympathy for that. Yeah, so that's why I'm like... I think like the big one this year might be like... I think Kale McCarr was someone that a lot of people... You know, he's ranked fairly high, I think, in the fantasy world right now. But, I mean, I get that he just came from... Um, what's it called? College, right? And mm-hmm. now I think... Because with Barry gone, right? Now they expect him to, you know, lead the lead the power play. But, like, I, I get he played well in the playoffs. But I don't know if I, I would put him right away as someone that, you know, will automatically take over, you know, put up 40 points and, like, lead the number one power play. I think that might have to go to a guy like Samuel Girard, who just signed a new contract or extension with them. He might probably get first dip, so I don't know. I I'm just like very cautious around these rookies, just because I think they're it's very easy for them to also be you know sent down like to be like third third line, fourth line power play time only if they're like offensively gifted, or they get sent down to the AHL team to you know refine the entirety of their game. 
Okay, so if those aren't the guys you're, you're spending like your final picks on, who are you spending your final picks on? Who are your sleeper guys, Jeffrey? Well, like I think it's okay. Like like I'm saying, like don't like use like a middle round pick for these rookies. Like late round picks, you can always take a stab. But I think when you're going for like late round picks, you're looking for you know it depends. Like I'm a safe guy. Like I like to take dependable players. I don't like want to take high risk, high rewards guys. So I'm always looking for you know. Like, I think you have to, like, kind of build your team before you even draft, right? You need to know how your team's going to be built, what, t- like, types of players you want. So, like, for me, like, well, not going by sleepers, but for me, I always like to build my team from the net out, like, how every team should be built. I don't know about you. Um, But, yeah, no, like, I think I always look and see, like, which, are, which goalies am I going to want to draft? Because that's like the kind of the easiest position. Because normally you only have to draft, you know, two, three goalies. There's not a lot of goalies. So if you can solidify your goalies, like that can set up a good base for your fantasy team. So who's your number one goalie? Well, on uh, ESPN, okay. I think ESPN, ESPN just fucked up goalies. I don't know about you. Have you looked at their rankings? I haven't, Jeffrey. What's going on? Well, it, it's just... I don't know. Like, there's. They've kind of. I guess because they play ESP and Standard, and I'm kind of used to, like, we make custom leagues when we play with our friends. But I have a hard time seeing, you know, Ben Bishop being the number one fantasy goalie this season. I don't know about you, but. Okay, here's. Here's why I think it's, it's someone you can consider for Ben Bishop. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to get some wins. I think that's going to happen. Um, I think he's going to face a lot of shots. And I think a lot of losses that they'll have will be overtime losses. But that's like... Why do you mean like... like- do people do they count shots now, or is that just, or are you just talking about like save percentage? That's a big thing for you. Save percentage. So he'll let in goals. Yeah. But I think he'll face so many shots it kind of balances it out. Yeah, I just worry about his durability. Like that me. will 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 be a concern. But I think they will be able to. He'll be able to play. I think. 50 to 60 games, no problem? Yeah. I mean, last year I played 45. But you started 45 games. And I guess... I mean, most starting goalies, you're going to see them around... Well, for me, if I'm getting, like, a number one goalie for my fantasy team, I kind of want... Like, I, I get injuries happen, but I want at least 60 games from my number one goalie. And I don't think Ben Bishop can give me that. So that's why... I don't think Ben Bishop should be your number one pick as a goalie, but I mean, everyone has their preferences. I think that's just something I think he's just ranked too high to be like to be the number one goalie for me. If so my number one pick for goalies is Andre Vasilevsky. Jeffrey, and you haven't answered your question. Who's your number one pick for goalies? Mine is actually if you go all the way down to number the number twelfth ranked goalie according to ESPN. John Gibson is my number one goalie. Um, like, 
if you want a guy who's going to face a lot of shots, you have John Gibson, right? And but honestly, how, like, how many wins do you think he can get, though? Honestly, like, looking from the team from last year to this year, has Anaheim really, like, done much? Like, if you, like, go from, like, the opening roster to this year's possible opening roster, I think you're going to see the big thing. They're going to have a lot of, like, new, young, exciting forwards on their team that, you know, have kind of played with them already. And I think just one more year of development, plus with Dallas Eakins as their coach now, I think they're going to have more stability, you know, playing for a guy that they played for back in the AHL squad. So you think there's stability with a new coach? Well, I mean, like, he's basically, like, I'm saying, um, well, compared to last year, right, when they had Bob Murray as their coach, my thought here is just that, like, a lot of these players played for him at the AHL level. So they kind of are. They kind of know who's this coaches not standing behind their bench, right? It's the same guy that was staying beside them during when they were in the AHL. So I think there's a good chance maybe at least the younger players can kind of get up to speed and they'll get the chances too, I think. That's, that's interesting. I I've, I can see if he was just goalie ability, he would be elite, like top, top 10, top 5? I, I think, well, the big thing for me is when I said before how... Like, because you only draft two, three goalies max, and there's such a small pool of goalies to pick from, you can really like, like, like make, like figure out who you want for your defenseman. I mean, for goalies, right? Like, what I did last year, which was a lot of work, and also why I don't do fantasy anymore, is what you do: you take the schedule for every NHL team, and you match it up. And you figure out which combination of two or three goalies maximizes the amount of games played, right? So, but like, if you don't have a games limit, right, you can you're going to get more wins, more overtime losses, or whatever, or more shutouts if your goalie plays more games, right? And the one thing about Anaheim is every year they always end up playing the most games on those off days, those Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, Sundays. Yeah, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sundays. So if you have a goalie that plays a lot of those games on those days, and you've got two other goalies, there's a good chance you won't have to just have all three goalies playing all on the same day, and then having to pick which goalies has to, which goalie you're gonna put on the bench, right? It just maximizes your goalie potential from that goalie spot, right? So that's why I think John Gibson is probably that he's the guy I would always want to try to pick, but he always gets picked really early because of. He's normally ranked higher in fantasy drafts, but this year he's only ranked. See, this is up. why Jeffrey does really well in fantasy. He really thinks this through. It's not just me going. I want him on my team. I like him. Well, I do that too for a couple of players, but you know, I well the thing is like I think when you're looking at fantasy, like from the when you're looking at the goalie perspective, you're not looking at which players contribute the most for you. It's like you have to look at the goalie slot, like that spot in your lineup. How are you going to maximize the potential for that s- slot there, right? So, if you have if you have goalies that always if you have three goalies that keep playing on the same day, then you're only getting the um, what's it called? The potential of just the two goalies, right? The third goalie is just going to be on your bench, and that's just a waste of space. So, if you can have a goalie like John Gibson or 
another goalie who's kind of a sleeper is Braden Holtby, who all um, the Caps also play a lot of off days. And Holtby, for some reason, I don't know why, maybe it's because I haven't looked at his in-depth stats uh, for a while, but he's ranked like 21st. So that puts him into like number two, number three goalie in most fantasy drafts. And honestly, I would probably say he's the number one. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I just think, like, if you have, like, either a Gibson or Holtby, then you can kind of figure out, if you have the time, obviously, figure out which two goalies match up best with him so that you have maximize the amount of games played. So you maximize the amount of wins, maximize, maximize all those other counting stats. But, I mean... I think that only works because um, if you don't have, like, a game's limit per slot, right? So, I mean, we're just talking about, I guess, the standard ESPN PN leagues. And honestly, I don't think we've either of us have ever played the standard. We have we like playing the hits and blocks, right, Allison? Goon! Who won the Goon League last year? Last year we made a Goon League where... What, 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 I don't know. I don't think anyone again? ever checked it. How was it scored uh, last year? I think, it was weird, I remember. I think you lost points if you scored goals. Yeah, and like every goal it you was, allowed. It was not was a very scored. good uh, league. No, but, you know. It was pretty great, actually. You know what, honestly? Yeah. It was pretty good. You got to pick all your players you wanted on your team. Oh, yeah. I think it was just one player. We picked one player at a time. Oh, my God. It was well, great. Way, I have like, no regrets about that league at all. Yeah, because and 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 it ended up that no one checked it at all either. So you know, it was definitely a good league. Good league, great league. Okay, it's well, the best league. Okay, so how about for like leagues that I know we talked about? You know, the ESPN standard, like they don't really count hits and blocks. So for your forward group, who's who's kind of like a sleeper for you for like guy that you know can contribute those extra counting stats so my sleeper is on the columbus blue jackets alexander texier i may have completely butchered his name my bad uh, I, I, jeffrey do you know who he is sounds like jeffrey has no clue who he is I, i've heard him i i've see, heard his name in a couple of you know people saying he's a sleeper type of guy um He's a center, I'm pretty sure. Uh, he is a center. So, uh, shoots left. Has two games of NHL experience. Um, however, he has been on a line with. Uh, I am losing my. I'm losing my words. Who is he's basically replacing Panarin? So he's playing with Dubois and Atkinson. That's who I'm looking for. So he's going to play on the left, I'm assuming? Or is Dubois playing on the left? Yeah. Um, I don't know, but I th- I believe he he has been playing on the preseason with them. Okay. Uh, last season, he had 41 points in Liga. And then he had seven in seven games in NHL. And I think, you know, if he's not a, a top six player, I still think he slots in the top nine. Um, which, I mean, with a late-round pick... Not the worst thing in the world, especially if you're in a dynasty league. You know, he's only 20 years old, right? Like, that's the type of player you're really looking for. But he's um, not a goon, though. I, Why would you pick him? I gotta, man, I gotta respect 
I gotta respect the players, man. I respect how good of a player he is. And he does get in penalty trouble. So 55 games last season in Liga, 36 penalty minutes. Uh, two years ago in Liga, 53 games, 38 penalty minutes. When he played in France, because uh, he's French, he in 40 games, he had 69 penalty minutes. So he's got a little bit of a of a of a goonery kind of feel. Um, but at the same time, you know, he the offense is there. I think he's really what I really enjoy is that he's able. He has an NHL speed. It was mm-hmm. skate while yeah. he skates, and I think that's that's important. I think it's even more important than than looking at you know shooting percentage. I know it's hard to quantify sk- speed, especially when it's not tracked that much. But your shooting percentage will go down. You know, not because of there's there's luck involved. The shooting percentage, I think, but skating speed, there's no luck involved. So I, that's something I think you should. There is a little bit of consideration about, right? Um, I think there isn't too much tape on him. There is some tape, I'm sure, from his Liga time. But on the NHL ice, there's only that seven games that he had with the AHL. And he was able to perform the AHL, right? And I think that's that's important to look, you know. So for me, that's a super sleeper pick. I might even consider him like a near, near the rookie level. Is you know he what a mean? Philip Zadina pick for you this year? He may be my Philip Zadina pick because he's twenty years old, right? So there's a there's a pretty big chance that Yarmul Kekalainen just considers, hey, you know what? He is not ready. We're gonna send him to AHL to get ready. That's a really realistic possibility at twenty years old. See, like that's my worry. Like, I find a lot of sleeper picks are either they're rookies or or maybe like second year players, or they're guys who might have the chance of playing beside really good line mates. Right, like I think one one name that's kind of came out this preseason was um Victor Olofsson of the Sabers because he was playing with Eichel, I think Eichel and was it I think it was Reinhardt he was playing with Eichel and Reinhardt. So they're they're all like, oh, if he's on that top line, he's a sleeper pick, right? But it's so easy for you know a team loses three games in a row, the coach switches up the lines and then he's no longer on the top line and he's no longer producing so i mean i definitely agree like texier he there's a good chance that he can if he's been playing on the preseason i think um torts thinks that he can you know play on that top line but i mean it's also torts i could see him just switching up the lines very quickly if they start on a losing streak right but also with a guy like torts right like it seems like the younger players do respond to him a bit better than the older guys, which isn't the worst thing in the role for a guy like Taxier. Like he, like Chords brings out the best out of the young young players usually. That's why you kind of always usually see these angry coaches usually just get uh, younger teams just because the older players just tune them out. So is it maybe it's not the worst thing in the world? I think that he has Torts at his coach. Uh, when you were saying something good about Torts, why was there a police siren behind you? Because I'm in Winnipeg, and crime happens. Crime happens. So saying good things about Torts, that's a crime? No, saying good things about tor- Torts is a travesty. It's treason. Treason. From, yeah, from a Jets point of view? Jets are currently playing the Oilers right now. Oh. 
Well, that that's probably a very interesting game, but we'll talk about that later. But yeah, I think there's I think with forwards it's hard, right? Like I think forwards is the most like if you don't have any transaction limits, you can just shuffle through your forwards. Like I think everyone knows me as the guy who just mines the waiver wire agent pools and just picks up random players just all of a sudden like doing like three like I think the only reason why we have transaction limits in our league is because of me because Jeffrey used to recycle his team well I mean if you needed points and you could just yeah I mean like I think with forwards right if you have like nine forwards slots you can basically if you have just have Maybe five or six like standout guys, and if there's no transaction limits, just recycle those last three slots, right? If they're not playing or they're on a cold streak, just recycle over the another guy, right? I don't know. That's just my preference because I mean, nowadays, right? Like with forwards, right? If they're not a uh, top six forward, are they, with power play time, are they really useful to you in fantasy? Unless they're unless you're playing a good league like us, where you need like pims and hits and blocks, right? If Any all team the- needs pims, hits, and blocks, okay? Those are the guys that protect your top six players. No, hits and blocks are important, but pims might not be. But, like, if you're just playing the standard, standard, like, just counting, like, goals, assists, power play points, do you really need, like, all, all, you, Goons, yes. yeah, all your fours should be top six and play power play time, right? Like, if they're not playing power play time, if they're, like, a third line forward who, you know, third line score, he's not as important as something if you can get something else from another position. So like in a draft, I guess, with forwards, right? Like that's where that's where I like to see those Alex Taxier Phillips Adina picks. You can kind of go for those late, late round forward picks because if they don't work out, you just recycle them for another forward, right? Jarvie loves recycling. Good on him. Yeah, reduce reuses recycle guys. Make sure you guys don't do that. They're people too, Jeffrey. Gosh. Protect Mother Earth. So make sure, you know, recycle your players. Recycle your plastic water bottles. Um, Yeah. Don't waste stuff. Is that convincing enough? I mean, if we're going to get sidetracked, I think this is a perfect time for me to talk about our sponsor. Wow, Jeffrey, that's such a great advertisement. Wouldn't you want to sponsor our podcast too? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think we are the example of a bag of pucks podcast. So if you make pucks, is, is, I don't know, is there a company that makes pucks? Someone has to make pucks. Well, if you make bags to hold pucks, I think it's a great idea to sponsor. Wow, we're really cornering a niche market, eh? Well, I mean, we don't have a market, so, you know, we might as well make a market, no matter how niche it is. You know what's not a niche market, though? What? Sleeper defensemen. Well, okay. What a transition. Great job, Austin. Pat on the back. You are the Thomas Shabbat of the podcast. You're doing great work, Austin. All right. Uh, and let me hand you an eight-year, eight million, $64 million contract for that transition. I'll take six point four. I'm a I'm a I'm a team player. I really want to make sure our team wins the cup. Oh man, don't get these team friendly deals. Anyway, but the Fezman I don't know. 
don't know. I, I You don't know. <laughs> okay. When I like I said before, I build my teams from the net out. So one like that's why I don't really care about forwards. I go like straight on for defensemen. I think last year's draft, right? Like me, you and one of her friends, like we were all sat together at the draft. And I think I just picked a fit. Like I picked like three or four defensemen with my top picks, I think. Because honestly, like there's only a couple of elite defensemen. And after that you kind of get your just your range of like middle tier. There's a whole bunch of them that really can go in any order. So you kinda of want to get those top tier defensemen first. So uh that's kind so of So Jeffrey, you get you get your goalies, then your defensemen, then your forward, is that the plan? Well, like I put like a higher like emphasis on making sure I have like a good goalie goalie core and a good defensive core before I look more into like my forwards. I can't, I, that's kind of my preference, I think, because right, like there's a lot like same with like forwards, right? Where I want a top if I want a forward that has to be a top six forward that also has power play time. Defenseman, it's so rare now now that we see a lot of these Four forwards, one defenseman power plays. That's there's less and less defensemen that play the power play. So you need to have a defenseman that has power play time. If he doesn't have power play time, or not even having like enough offensive zone push, is there really a point of drafting that defenseman? So that's Damn, where like that's it's hard look for sleepers. Well, that I is mean, harsh. In the fantasy world, if we're playing standard, where we're not counting like hits and blocks, we're just doing you know points plus minus right like you need to find those guys that will give you that so i don't know my that's that's just my preference and that's why i'm like what but people like think like kale mccarr could be a type of guy like anything he has a chance right like he'll probably be sheltered minutes get some power play time but at the same time there's a good chance because i have a feeling he'll just get sent right back down to the ahl maybe just to like redevelop his game he might have had a great First couple of playoff games, but maybe he needs some more time developing. So, so who's your uh, who's your defensive sleeper then? Well, first off, I think it's important to like as much as it's great to get sleepers. Like you need to also have your core, right? Like you need to yeah. have your core defenseman. So, for me, last year what I did, I think so. We I think we had draft six defensemen or five defensemen. Six, six. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we have some bench guys, right? But basically, I think I, it, yeah, it was like you start you started five defensemen. Basically, I think five of the defensemen I drafted were all number one, or maybe like number one A, one B defensemen on your team, right? Because we we count like hits and blocks and pims and whatnot, right? <laughs> so if you have ca- counting stats, right, you might as well get guys who are actually going to be on the ice often. So you find those guys that are all situations, play on the power play, play on the penalty kill, play a lot of even strength time, and you know, if you need counting stats, you'll get them. So, like, I would say guys like Seth Jones, Drew Doughty, Thomas Shabbat, Alexander Edler, John Carlson, and Josh Morrissey. Those guys are like, well, Morrissey will have to wait on see if Buffalo, right? But those guys I just listed, they're probably. They're like their number one defenseman on the team, and they're really their their skill level and talent level. They're a lot better than say like the number two defenseman on that team. Would you agree with that, Olsen? 
I would. I think I think that's reasonable. Right. Like, but we'll th- we'll take like Dowdy for example, right? Once you lose Muzzin, right? Like, who's your next best defenseman? Alec Martinez, I guess. Yeah, right? it'd, ha- it'd have to be Alec Martinez. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I think there's a di- large difference in skill and talent level from Doughty to Martinez compared to Doughty to Muzzin. So you're gonna see Doughty probably is gonna have to play like 26, 27 minutes a game, right? And him playing that that many minutes means he's gonna get hits, he's gonna get blocks, and he's gonna get points. So ah, the old Eric Carlson in Ottawa method. I see. What now? It's called the Thomas Shabbat method, I guess. Yeah, unless unless DJ Smith, you know, follows Babcock and puts Zaitsev and Hainsey up for twenty minutes a game and puts Shabbat for like nineteen. You never know. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. I think we're just gonna see Shabbat play like twenty eight minutes a game. Yeah, and see, like these are the guys that like the the six guys I listed, like except for Carlson, who's you know number two, number three ranked defenseman, like, he's going to be, like, a high pick. But you look at guys like Seth Jones. I think people had, were talking about last year as him being a possible sleeper Norris candidate. He's ranked 18th in fantasy right now. When He's probably, like, a number one D, right? Like, Seth Jones, I get he's not playing on the greatest team in Columbus. But, like, the big like the difference between Columbus and from last year to this year, it's big. It's Panarin and Bobrovsky. But other than that, they haven't changed that much. So I could see Seth Jones being, you know, worth a lot higher than being the 18th ranked defenseman. You got Doughty and Shabbat, who are ranked 26th and 29th, respectively. So that's like listing them as number three Ds when they're probably number two fantasy Ds. And then Morrissey and get this Ekman Larson. Ekman Larson's ranked 35th. And I love Ekman Larson. Well, me and I've had bad luck with Ekman Larson on my fantasy team, and I, every year I traded him away, and then my friend has bad luck because I keep trading it to him, and he, it always gives him bad luck. So, so last year, just for for our listeners to know, we have a conspiracy that Jeffrey pretended that his friend joined our league, so no, okay, he no, could no. just this is, this he could just feed friend. him his good players. No, this was another friend, the Ekman Larson deal. Okay, but our conspiracy was that Jeffrey had a fake friend join our league so they could feed him his starred players. No, that never happened. See? He's quite defensive about it, Jeffrey. Anyway, but what I'm saying, right, like, I think if you're looking for a defenseman, like, you can find those, if you can find those, like, number one, number, maybe, like, one A, one B defenseman on a team, that can provide you a lot of value. And if people aren't looking, like, I think most people, when they draft, right, sometimes they have, like, their own, like, draft board if they have the time. But most of the times, they just look at the rankings. And if, if you don't scroll down far enough, you're not going to see these names. So I think it's just important to point out guys like, hey, Josh Morrissey, who's probably going to be playing. I mean, if the Jets don't swing a trade and Buffalo doesn't come back, he's going to be like a Shabbat, right? 28 minutes a game. Hey, don't forget about Neil Poink. Pionk. Pionk. Don't, Pionk. don't forget Pionk. about Don't sleep on him. Well, he's not even going to be first line. They're going to put uh, Sammy Niku probably with Morrissey, I think. That's the plan. Yeah, so there you so, go. There's a there's great opportunity here. What, Sammy Niku as a sleeper now? No, my sleeper is actually a little bit... My sleeper is a, is a third-line de- uh, pairing defenseman, according to Daily Faceoff. And 
However, he is part of the number-ranked third-pairing defenseman in the NHL. So he's... Is he, is he like a Justin Falk where... He is he, Justin uh, Falk. Oh, wow. That's my sleeper, That's, Ed. Okay. I, Does he not qualify for a sleeper this. for you? Yeah, he's a surprise for me of you, of me, you calling him a sleeper, but... Okay, I'll let you... I'll I think he'll do much better than expected just because he's going to get those sheltered minutes. Just because, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he is a third pair. There are other pairs. You know, there's guys, especially on the right-hand side, that are... The right-hand side is ridiculous. It's Petrangelo, Pareko, and the Falk. It's ridiculous. Right? And mm-hmm. he's getting power play time, which is I think is important, especially for defensemen. Yeah. Especially if you're getting a boost on defensemen, too, for your league. A guy like that is super valuable. He's playing sheltered minutes, but, you know, his sheltered minutes means he's going to play a lot. He's going to have more offensive zone starts. And with that comes more offensive opportunities, right? Um, and he, they're not they're not playing the first they're not playing against the first line right they're not playing or even their checking line it's going to be like a fourth line or a second line yeah generally not your best defensive lines so he's going to get plenty of opportunity and he has sorry he has the partner which allows him to really roam free you know a guy like Carl Gunnarsson you know a guy who's oh, pretty responsible is huh? that Vince Dunn Vince is Dunn Vince... is on the first line with Alex Petrangelo calling oh. daily face off okay so, you know, you got a responsible guy back there. So, you know, for a guy like Justin Falk that gives him more green that gives him the green light to really just go and um it gives go to the opportunity to go and actually, you know, go attack. Yeah. So, well, I mean, for me that that's a win. Yeah. I mean, I just worry that it, like where is he? He's ranked twentieth? Is he like the I, I think I, but twentieth, but I don't think he's going to be taken to twentieth by many fantasy players, just because when they think about it and think, hey, you know what? There's so many great defensemen in front of him. Yeah, you know, many people are, are like you, right? They think about, hey, who's going to get the most ice time? But in this case, I think it's okay. It's it's not the worst thing in the world that he's not getting a lot of ice time because he's he can use, as long as he uses it efficiently, which yeah. I think he'll be able to. Um, then that for me, that's not a problem. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting, and yeah, I think St. Louis probably has the best right side in the entire NHL, probably. Yeah, I can't think of another one that's better than that. Yeah, and honestly, like I could see, like if the if the Blues need a goal, like who, what's to say that they're not going to put like Pareko and Falk or Pietrangelo and Falk together, right? Yeah, I think. He is very strong. I think the, the the knock with Falk is always that he's not that great defensively, right? Yeah. Offensively, I think he he's he's up there, right? He's not the best. Don't get me wrong, but I think he's he's got his his strength is is on the offense. Yeah, for sure. So ah, uh, like I guess just my worry, is just you know, he, he like definitely don't pick him at twenty. Like as a twentieth. No, no, never do that. that. Yeah. But if you can get him at like a lower slot, then yeah, I think like as your third D, it's not. I think it's reasonable to pick him as your third defenseman. Yeah, especially if he. It, I think he does end up on the first power play unit probably. I like. Uh, no, I think he'll be on the second. I think first is still going to be Alex Petrangelo. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I see like they're probably going to move Petrangelo off there just to like, sh- like. 
I don't think they want to keep. Well, but the thing is, no, I think special mains there because St. Louis is one of those teams that like to put four forwards on there. Yeah, and to put a guy who's not that solid defensively on there, it's it's quite the risk. That's true, right? Yeah, oh yeah, Tarasenko plays the point too most of the times. If yeah, the Blues power play. So yeah, so you do you don't really want like four and a half forwards out there, right? That's yeah. the issue. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just feel like if they did need to make like because St. Louis didn't have a great power play last year, I didn't feel, I didn't feel like it, so they could move Falcon. But yeah, I think in the end it's gonna be. Um, I think he's an interesting sleeper. I think for me, I my preference. I don't know. I just have these players that I like. Um, but you know, just like before I get to the to that favorite, I just want to list. There's a couple of guys listed in ESPN that are really far down the list who you know. Probably would make some impact, I think. Um, Cam Fowler, like I remember back in his draft year, I think he was supposed to go like third overall, and he ended up falling to Anaheim at like twelve or something. He's right at the, the end of the day. Yeah, at the end of the day, I, like he's built out a solid career, even though he he didn't get drafted where he wanted he needed to be, right? Yeah, but the fact that he's ranked a hundred and second, like not not overall, like hundred second defenseman. The issue with Cam Fowler, though, is that, for me at least, it's that he's he's always been a very much like a boomer bust type of candidate, right? He either does really well, or he's kind of just like there. Well, I think the knock on him is he can't play D. But I mean, that as well. That's like the big thing for him. But if you're just looking for offensive stats, and now that Brendan Montour is not on the team. I'm gonna. I see him playing back, and I think Anaheim is gonna, you know, have better luck scoring this year. If he's gonna be on that number one power play unit in Anaheim, he's a perfect candidate. Plus the fact that he is one of those. Um, I think Lindholm is probably their number one defenseman, but the fact that he also is plays on a lot, a lot of off days. If you have, if you can drop multiple, if you have multiple defensive slots, he could be a guy that plays on all those off days for you. So, that was one guy I had. Um, Will Butcher. I get why he's ranked so far down. So, uh, just a heads up. So, I'm one of those guys who likes to have really punny teams. And last year, for a good significant time, my team was Will's Butcher Shop. So, I have a soft spot in my heart for Will Butcher. But go on, Jeffrey. Sorry, continue. Yeah. No worries, probably. Yeah, that was a, that, that was a good name. It was, I think it was the silver lining of your uh, team. It was a wholesome name. Yeah, but and not I think, like the one right now. The one really? right now is not the not very appropriate. Okay, so something that you can't say on the podcast. It's it. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't get too much let, trouble. Let, let's not. It. Then if let's you're, not, if, okay. you have, if you're being, if you're being iffy about it, but yeah, like, I guess yeah, that's not Will Butcher. I get that he's you know, like PK Subban's on the team now, so he's probably gonna be second power play. I think it's pretty much assumed. But I think there's a good chance that, you know, that he might get the chance to play. Get some, he's he's going to be completely sheltered like he is every year. But well, Butcher is one of the players that needs to be sheltered, though. He is. But, like, I think there's a chance that, hey, maybe that he'll get some, like, like, there's a solid, there's a decent forward group in New Jersey. So I think the second power play unit, 
is like I and also I think New Jersey is one of those teams where they can't just stack up their first power play unit. They need to you know spread it out. So there's a good chance Will Butcher might end up playing if he plays on the second power play unit. He'll still play with some decent forwards, so he can still get some power play points there. And being ranked 120th means what? You're like the if you're playing a 12 team league, he's number 10. He's your 10th defenseman, which people don't go that far now. So and then last is um. We we haven't figured this out. It's Jacob, right? Jacob Slavin. Jacob Slavin? No, it's yes, Jacob. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's Jacob. He's. I don't know. It's the American pronunciation for me, Jacob. But, I mean, he he's another interesting pick. He's down there at one hundred twenty third, but he's kind of another guy. He's an all situations guy. He probably won't get as much power play time now that Jake Gardner's there on the left hand side, but you know. I last year he did slot in some power play time every now and then. So I think he's an interesting pick, especially at 123, with what else he could provide you playing top two minutes. That's probably another good pick there. At, at like it's a good pick at wherever he's ranked, the 123rd defenseman. Okay, okay, that that these are all reasonable picks, but yeah. they're not the most important position according to you, right? What's the most important position? Goalies. All right, so it's the final few rounds, and I'm I need a third goalie, Jeffrey. Who do you think is available, and who do you think is the best pick? Third goalies, like the thing is, if you don't have transaction limits, you should just use your third goalie slot as a spot start. If that's how I would use it, right? Like. It depends on how your team's like how your league is structured. I think for sometimes like like third goalies. If you have a twelve team league, right, your number three goalies are who's going to be available are most likely going to be backups and guys who are like on really really crappy teams or like who are t- who has split split time right, so that you never know who's actually going to start. So at that point, like. If you're going to go for three goalies, I think you need to do it where you have either John Gibson or Braden Holtby, who play on all those off days, and you get two starting caliber guys who aren't going to timeshare, like split their duties in net. So then, like, that's how, if you're going to maximize your goalies, that's like probably the best way. But if you're looking for just like a third goalie and who's available, it's just going to be backups. And, you know, split guys, maybe. Like, at that point, I would just go for spot starts, right? So, unlike Jeffrey, I'm not going to chicken out here. I'm going to give you a real name. <laughs> well, spot starts are honestly, like, it, like if you need, like, because, goal, like, you can't guarantee a goalie's going to play every game, right? So, sometimes I just find spot starts is the best options. So, Jeffrey... What's yeah. my team? The Kings. Do you know who my who my sleeper goes for goalies yet? Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell. So, okay, before you laugh me out of the room, have you seen his stats last year? I know they're decent. They're not just decent. Have you? So you haven't seen them, have you? I, I think he had like a. He had, I think, a save percentage of, like, nine point like 
one five or something, and his goals against was like under two point five probably. So he had a nine two eight last season, which oh. is I think respectable for goalies. Yeah, <laughs> for playing behind the playing behind the Kings, yeah. Yep, playing behind the Kings with a two point three goals against average with that defense. Wait, which I thought for me two point eight. No, he had a two point three nine two eight goals uh save percentage. Oh, nine two eight. So nine two eight with a two point three goals against average. And okay, we're not gonna look at his win losses just because we're just not going to. <laughs> yeah. Um, but a nine two eight with two point three, which is for me that's that's respectable. I think that's uh, I think that's like the type of guy you need for your third, right? Just a guy who can keep you in. Games maybe a flip, maybe you'll win, maybe you'll not. And for me, that's all I'm asking for, you know. And it's not with the, it's a, it's a big sample size. He played 31 games last season, and I think this year he has potential to play 35, maybe 40. I highly doubt 40. Um, I think it'll be around 35 games, which for a one B guy, that's kind of well, start. Yeah, it's starting to get into one B territory, right? They're not really playing goal, uh, backup. Backups usually around 20, 25 games, right? So he's getting one B territory. He's ranked oof, not he's high. I'll tell you that much, right, Jeffrey? He's down there. I think, yeah, I know people are going to say, hey, you know what? He's not going to get shutouts. He's not going to get too many wins. Purely counts save percentage and goals against average. He's up there. But, I mean, at the end of the day, do you, do you want a guy like that? But if he's ranked 284, right, you're a 12-team league, I mean, what more do you want? You know, twelve team league guy ranked two eighty four. Well, you can get him with your last pick. It's not without a doubt, right? He's a forty first yeah. ranked goalie with the twelve team league. He's not getting drafted, so you can literally just pick him with your last pick. Well, Pretty good chance see, he's still going to be there. Let's see, like that's my problem with getting uh, like a like Jack Campbell is kind of one of those guys too that I think he's not going to be a backup backup. He's going to be more of like a not timeshare, but like he's in between that split duties and a. He's a one C goalie, I'd say. Yeah, let's call him a one C goalie. But see, like my problem is like, would you rather a skater that has a chance to play eighty two games, or would you rather have a goalie that has a chance of just playing thirty games? Right. That's that's my biggest problem when trying to decide between getting a third D, and like a like a a 1C goalie versus just getting a regular skater. And oftentimes I find skaters are worth more than getting a 1C goalie. So so who's your team a sleeper like, pick for goalies, though, if I want to pick a third goalie? If, oh, third goalie? My third goalie? I don't have any proof of this, but I would say Mike Smith because I had him last year. <laughs> I okay, don't but think he's... Koskinen... Yeah? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I don't think Miko Koskinen is going to make it. So, I think it's going to be... And Mike Smith played well in the playoffs. I mean, I get he's old. But, you know, there's always... Everyone's waiting for the Oilers to break out. I don't think it's going to be on, um, with Miko Koskinen in the net. So, you know, maybe Mike Smith. <laughs> So the age thing is is a major concern for me. I'm be honest with you, it's it's a major concern just because 
reaction time and flexibility, I think, are the two major components of being a goalie. Yeah. And as you age, that that goes, right? Mm-hmm. So we're just waiting for the cliff. And I know, I know, I know, look at Henrik Lundqvist, right? He hasn't really fallen off a cliff. But how many, for every Henrik Lundqvist there, are, there is, how many Vesatoskos are there? Yeah, I, I understand. Like, Mike Smith is one that, you know, not a lot of proof. I, it's just, you know, gut feeling. You could you trust my gut, I don't know. But the one guy I do think is a very good sleeper, though, is Corey Schneider. Who, I mean, I would, you could either go Mackenzie Blackwood either, either, but, you know, Corey Schneider, he played fairly well at the World Championship. Granted, it's not against NHL players, but I think if he can get healthy, you know, get his hips right, playing in front of, playing behind an improved New Jersey team, and actually playing games and not sitting sitting on in the IR, like he has a chance to at least be better than whatever people haven't projected as, right? So he's another guy that has a chance. I mean, I think he didn't win his first game for like the first ten starts or something last year. So I, I guess if you're looking for that one C goalie, either him or Mackenzie Blackwood could be an interesting pick. All right, all right, all right. So with that being said, do you have any anything else you wanna? Any other super sleeper picks you have? Um, my thing is, if you're playing fantasy, like I think the big thing is take out plus minus if you're a commissioner. I think I think as a me as a, me and Austin have found out, having plus minus is just really stupid because that just takes away all the players that play on shitty teams like the Suns. And like the possibility of being drafted, because the plus minus are going to be terrible, right? Like Patrick Lyon is going was like a what minus twenty four last year. If you're playing in those like standard leagues, like it kind of sucks, right? Having mm-hmm. so like I I don't know. I feel like if you if you can take up plus minus, it it just opens up more options and it just gives everyone kind of like an equal level almost. It's just based on talent and skill now. It's not necessarily on it's your team shit. I don't know. That's just my thought, but I don't know. I think everyone. It's always fun to like make up your own leagues and you know have different perspectives of how the league should be represented. If it should be a goon league, if it should be a standard league, should we focus on just points? I remember one year we did shorthanded points, and that was the most pointless thing ever. Shorthanded uh, points. I think if it was my league, the only thing that would matter would be shorthanded points. Ta- uh, not ties. <laughs> it's blocks and pims. Yeah, it was it, it was a it was a weird league that year. That's for sure. That's are the only things that matter. Yeah, what shorthanded points hit blocks and pims. Yep. Yeah, and then did we do saves one year? Yeah, I think we did too. Uh, I think you guys are doing it this year too, aren't you? I was talking to uh, the commissioner. I believe so. We are. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking to your commissioner about this. But yeah, like, honestly, I think it's very important. Just do whatever stats that you feel is best for your league and your friends. But honestly, plus minus, it's so stupid. So just get rid of it, please. Jeffrey's wrong. Jeffrey only Jeffrey wants to take out all the good stats. No, I, I like hits and blocks. Jeffrey wants us to be a 
Jeffrey wants it to be a, a traditional league with no fun. He's the no, no fun what? league. Like tradi- traditional would be like no plus, like having plus minus and no hits and blocks. I want hits and blocks and no plus minus. I like those leagues. Those leagues are more fun because that's where you kind of decide do you want a player that gets you hits and blocks or do you want a guy that doesn't hit and block and is just like a third line score, right? That gives you more options of like how you want to recycle your team, I, I assume. All right. Any any other comments? Um, I would love to hear how your is. Can you divulge anything about your strategy for tomorrow's fantasy team, fantasy draft? I'm gonna draft all the kings. Besides that, I think we all knew that, but uh, watch me draft Radko Gudas. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, and how how would you summarize your? I know you take it somewhat seriously, at least for the fantasy draft. But like, what's your strategy here? Because, what well, I think what we do is kind of fun too. Like we trade picks as well, which is a lot of fun actually. I find. Um, my plan is to. My actual plan is to actually get a superstar anchor on the forwards, a superstar. Anchor on defense, and then a superstar anchor on goalie, and move from there. Honestly, that's a pretty solid plan. Get an anchor at each one, and uh, and then at the end, have fun, man. Just toss one of those. Leave. I always like to leave my last two picks as a as a lottery ticket. Yeah. Like, I've remember- gotten. I've gotten big wins on lottery tickets before, and I've gotten absolute trash on the lottery tickets. Yeah. Honestly, I yeah, I, I think because at the end of the draft, most people are auto drafting, but for the people who are like, actually like physically there, it's fun to just to screw around. Like last year, I had the last pick of our draft, and I uh, I think I picked Henrik Zetterberg just for jokes, and then I dropped him the next day. Yeah, what if Zetterberg was like, ooh, Jeffrey drafted me. I am going to come back to the NHL for one last season. You never know. You got, that That was my sleeper pick last year. I was hoping he comes out of retirement out of his uh, back. Sir. Is he retired? I he is. Or I think he's, on, just, um, he's in the LTIR. LTIR. Yeah, he's on LTIR. But yeah, it's like, you know, have fun. Fantasy is all for fun. Don't take it too seriously. And, you know, you should bet your life savings on your fantasy league. Keep it fun. Yeah, keep and it also, light and fun that way. I think the last thing, you, <laughs> la- last thing you guys need to know is don't listen to whatever we say. We don't really know fantasy. We just make stuff up sometimes. But um, you know, we no, just don't listen get... to Jeffrey. Listen to me. I am the Thomas Shabbat of the show. Remember that. Yes, Austin's the Tom Shabbat. <laughs> uh, he makes eight million a year. And you know he Jeffrey is the Drake Batherson of the show. He's got potential, but it's uh not all there yet. Thank you. I, I I like the the potential part of that. But yeah, anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this uh episode of where we talk about fantasy hockey. I don't know how much help we've actually been. Maybe it's just something fun to listen about. Maybe you can send this video to send this podcast link to a, one of your friends if you want to screw them over, if they think they'll you know follow our advice but you know hockey starts off what next wednesday is it yep and you know we'll have an episode again next week and talk about the start of the nhl season all righty guys love y'all and draft jack campbell
Thanks for listening to the Bag Fucks Podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. You want to complain about us? You can tweet us at BOP underscore POD on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.